0: All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how to collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Tom Ward, who's a co-founder of Epoch. Welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm doing great, Matt. How about yourself? I'm doing really well, sipping on some coffee, getting the day started, and stoked to learn more about what you're working on at Epoch. For people that haven't heard of your company, what, what are you working on? What is Epoch?
1: So yeah, I'm stoked to be here as well. Thanks for having me on Forward Thinking Founders. Epoch is a climate tech company that builds really cool boats. Specifically, we build fast, fun, all electric aluminum hydrofoil boats. So say that five times fast, uh, it'll sink in, but we can, we can kind of dive into what that means. Um, our target niche in the boating area is sub 30 foot boats that are for inland use, so not going out in the ocean. And you know, it, it actually sounds like a niche, but it covers about 70% of the 50, 50 billion dollar boating industry. So it's a, a pretty big chunk of it. And what we're focused on is we're solving problems that recreational boaters have day in and day out. So the two biggest ones are hassle and cost. And they're driven by by two main factors: maintenance every time a boat breaks, which happens more frequently than anyone likes, and then fuel cost. And um, with our product, we estimate that the average owner would save about $1,000 a year by switching to an all-electric boat that we can provide versus a traditional gas engine boat. The second thing that we address is pollution. Um, many people are surprised to hear this, but every boat that we can replace is the equivalent of taking 50 cars off the road. Uh, because the marine environment is so harsh, there's just an outsized amount of pollution that's, that's out there. And then the third one is Utilization. People buy boats, and the average boat in the U.S. gets used for about 50 hours a year. So it mostly, just sits in you know someone's backyard or their driveway has about a 0.57 percent utilization rate. And we've got some really cool technology that can help bring that up closer to 100 percent, and actually even make boat owners money while their boat is sitting in their driveway.
0: Oh well, that's fascinating. I I, I want to like double click on the last thing you said. How how does how are you thinking about increasing utilization rates um, if, if, if someone traditionally, like, you know, boats five days out of the year, I'm just making that up, but, you know, X amount of days out of the year, 50 days out of the year. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, how are you, how are you thinking about increasing it? And also, I guess a follow on that question, we'll combine it all into one, um, kind of like walk, let's say I was to like, get one of these boats, can you kind of like walk me through, like how do I even get one? Like, can I buy one? Will I be able to buy one? Can I take it on any lake? Like, is it just like any other boat, but but uh, outside of the huge differences that you mentioned? Like, just let's dive a little deeper into kind of the, uh, the differences here.
1: Okay, let me talk about the boat first, and then we'll talk sure. about the increased utilization. So it is just like any other boat, as far as the end user concerned, as far as the owner is concerned. Um, you know, we're, we're early stage right now, we're a prototype, we haven't reached commercialization yet, but we're planning to have first boats available for sale summer of this year. So June, July timeframe. Um, and anybody who's interested in procuring an EPOC boat can go to our website and sign up for our waiting list. That's first come first serve. And once we serve, serve everybody on the waiting list, we're gonna open it up to the public. Um, when you buy an EPOC boat, it comes on a trailer. You take it to your local lake, launch it on the ramp, put it on the lake and you drive it around and have a great day on the water. The the best part is when you're done, there's no hassle. So there's no flushing out the engines. There's no worrying about oil changes or anything like that. You drive it back to your home or if you have a marina with electric service, then you can leave it there and you plug it in and let the batteries recharge. And the next time you're ready to go out, it's all good to go, low hassle, easy to use. our kind of secret sauce for phase one of our product launch is all about hydrofoils, which, you know, if we jump back to the tongue twister, I said at the beginning, all electric, aluminum, hydrofoil boats, and hydrofoils are really cool. They're, they're like the deep tech aspect of what we're doing here. And it's very similar to an airplane wing, but it works under the water. Um, And there's some pretty interesting nuances because water is about 800 times more dense than air. So there's special things we have to do there, but, In really simple terms, what it does is when you get up to speed, the whole boat lifts out of the water, except for these hydrofoil wings that stay underneath because they generate lift. And the end result of that is about a 75% increase in efficiency, which means we don't need as much power, which means we can use lighter battery packs and get longer range. We can go faster, further. And that's a seamless part for the end user. So when you get on the lake, you launch it, the foils are tucked away. It works just like a normal boat. And when you get out of the no wake zone and you want to punch it, you know, it's full send it. You, you throttle up, you hit a button, the foils come down, you rise out of the water and and you're off. And it's great. Um, Our system's really unique in that we found a, you know, we, we focused on first principles from day one and we found a really cost effective way to implement it and make it really durable. So one of the big concerns people have with foils is if you hit something underwater, does it break your foils? And our system is specifically designed to not break the foils so that they have some pressure reliefs and everything. So that's the the first piece, the boat piece. Then the second piece is utilization. So the foils are the killer app that make batteries make sense in boats. Now that you've got a boat with batteries in, you can do some pretty neat stuff. And the main thing that we're focused on, and we have some intellectual property around this, is that when you get out of the water, you take your boat back to your house, and for some of the larger boats in our roadmap, there's going to be 60, 80, 100 kilowatt hours of battery storage on the vessel. And when you plug that into your house, you know, in normal old school model, you're just charging those batteries. But what is starting to develop now and what we see on a roadmap moving forward is the concept of bi-directional charging. And that means that you plug your boat in and we control it with software and say, okay, it's 3 p.m., Matt just plugged his boat in. We're not going to charge that at 3 p.m. because energy rates are as expensive as they're ever going to be. We're going to hold off. And then when it gets to midnight and the energy rates are really low, we're going to charge up the boat. And then, you know, let's say you you came home on a Sunday. So now it's Monday morning. You're you're working full stream on Seed Scout. You're working on doing FTF podcasts. Your boat's just sitting there. And then we're going to look at it and say, all right, the batteries are 100%. It's 11 a.m. Matt's in Arizona. The sun is beaten down, the air conditioner is running, electricity rates are high. Let's feed some power back into the grid from the boat. And depending on how your electric company works, and it varies around the country, so this isn't a solution for everyone, but I think it will be in the next 10 years. The electric company will actually pay you back for that electricity. And this is how we take the utilization rate from 0.57% to close to 100% because boats mostly just sit there. I mean, they, they get about 50 hours of use a year, and now you can actually make money from your boat. It's a really cool concept. And, um, you know, we can also get into a little bit of the environmental impact if you want to kind of let you, you know, where do you want to take the conversation with that information?
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, this is fascinating, super interesting, interesting stuff. Um, I, I, I'm more curious to go to like, what led you to start all of this? I mean, what's the origin story for Epoch, and like, why did you want to build a, such like an interesting, uh, you know, interesting product that could solve so many problems in the world? But like, why?
1: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I grew up boating. Um, you know, I think I think my dad probably had me on a sailboat before I could even walk. Um, probably was like that 80s style of parenting that wouldn't fly today, but but it, it's kind of in my DNA and always on the water. You know, I eventually started surfing just just never, never went away from the water. And I got really fortunate that I landed a dream job in corporate America uh, where I was working for the, one of the largest boating suppliers in the country. And I actually ran all of their R and D operations. So it was great cause it's really cool engineering, electromechanical products, safety critical. And I also had a fleet of boats that I was responsible for that me and my team would build products and we'd have to go test them on the water. So absolute dream job in corporate America except the downside of boating comes in because now not only do I have my personal boat, but I also have four or five other boats that I'm responsible for at work and every piece of hassle I had to deal with new impellers, oil changes, rebuilding carburetors, boats in the shop. And, you know, there were days where we had to do critical testing and we couldn't because the boats were malfunctioning because the Marine environment is just a harsh environment. So I really live that pain and, and being in the boating industry and talking to all the customers You know, it became apparent that this wasn't just my pain. This is everyone's pain. And so I looked at that and said, you know, if we're going to do a first principle teardown, there's got to be a better way. Right. I always think back to like SpaceX, right? They looked at NASA and said, man, what they're doing is really cool. Like, and I love NASA, but they are bloated. They're inefficient. There's a better way if you just tear it down to the studs and rebuild it. And that was kind of what drove the thought process for, you know, the inception of Epoch. And then related to that, being on the water so much, you know, I almost have to be a conservationist and an environmentalist, right? Cause I want to jump in that water. I don't want there to be oil slicks or spilt fuel or huge plumes of two stroke ruining my day. Like I want to be in nature. If I want to go fishing or whatever, I want it to be clean and, and, and you know, ready for me to be out there and enjoy it and for everyone else to enjoy it. So ultimately um, I started thinking, I've always wanted to do a startup. I, I actually tried to build two startups in the past that didn't work out due to team and timing. And over the last year, I really did a lot of introspection and said, it's time for me to go again. And I need to find the thing that, you know, is the intersection of my passion, what I'm good at and what makes money. And, uh, you know, boating and environmentalism and con- conservation are all my passion. Right. And I spent 15 years in R and D and industry. I spent over half a decade in the Marine industry. So, pretty good evidence that I'm good at it. (laughs) And then, um, the marine industry just has huge demand right now. In fact, the type of boats that we're launching with, they usually have two-year wait lists as of today. So if you called up a boat builder and said, I want one, they're going to tell you, we'll put you on the list two years, we'll call you up. And part of that's driven by the pandemic, but a lot of these builders actually have one-year wait lists even before COVID happened. So once this all kind of came together, it just made perfect sense. Like, we can build a fast eco-friendly boat we can do it at an affordable price point and it just makes sense there's there's so many tailwinds here so that that's kind of how it came together
0: yeah totally it it makes sense um and i am curious like i have, I have tons of questions um but like one of the one of the fun things I do about the podcast is like I kind of cover like surface level, so when people want to dive in, they can like you know do their own research and reach out and things like that. So I I want to hold off on some of the questions. Maybe we can do like a follow up episode in like six months or a year. But what I'm most curious about though. Is like you so much interesting energy going on here. Where do you see this going in like a, a year, five years, ten years, fifteen years? I guess in other words, like what's the big vision here, and what direction are you rowing in or boating in as you uh, <laughs> as you uh, build out uh, build out this company?
1: So so I mean, phase one is what we've kind of covered already, which is we're selling boats. They're are boats that people want to have, right? I always I like this concept of the villain test, which is nobody buys a product because it's environmentally friendly. They buy it because it's cool. They buy it because it solves their problems and fits their needs. And if it's environmentally friendly, that's just awesome. So that's our focus on phase one. And then phase two really drives that energy piece of it. So when we look at power markets today, we can kind of break it into three levels. Primary is what comes out of the power plant, right? Whether it's coal, nuclear, natural gas, they generate power, it goes to the grid, turns on our lights. Secondary, is backup long duration storage, which there's a lot of startups working on this. Um, you know, there, there are different ways that they do it with gravitational energy storage or pumped hydro. But the idea is that if something ever goes wrong with a power plant, especially in terms of renewables, and it's not generating, you can use this, this secondary storage to pump power to the grid and keep the lights on. And we see the huge opportunity in tertiary storage, which is behind the meter. And these are things like what you would have with your Tesla Powerwall, or if you plug your, your uh, EV into the grid, or if you plug your electric boat into the grid. And tertiary storage provides kind of two benefits. One is what we already talked about, where there's going to be opportunities to sell that power back and make money from your product. The other in the short term is if you lose power, you know a tree comes down and knocks out the line, you can switch off your connection to the grid and just use your boat or your EV to give you backup power and keep your refrigerators running or keep your AC running. So that's really where we see this going. And we think the huge benefit is particularly as we transition to renewables, uh, solar and wind, right? The sun isn't always shining, the wind isn't always blowing or sometimes it is, but it's not at full power. And as as those power sources proliferate and become more common when they're not at max power generation, secondary, uh, you know, secondary power supply is key. And we see this behind the meter tertiary power supply is key. And, and that's kind of what we're driving for. So we think it's a great opportunity to give a huge benefit to everyone. And with $1,000 a year in maintenance and fuel savings, and then also the opportunity to sell power back, it almost gets customers to the point where the boat is essentially free. And, you know, it's hard to argue with, with those kind of unit economics.
0: In order to like bring that roadmap and that vision to life, like you'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work and scale. So my question for you is, how can the forward-thinking founders community help? Are you hiring? Are you raising money? Are you looking for people to buy these boats, get on a wait list? You know, how, how can we assist?
1: Thanks. Yeah. So we are we're not hiring as of today. Our, our co founding team is in place, and and honestly, everyone on the team is a ten X team member. I mean, we're we're doing a ton on a on a lean lean. Uh, budget here, but we are currently in our pre-seed fundraise. So if anybody in the community knows of, um, you know, VCs or investors that are interested in climate tech and hardware, we would certainly appreciate any intros we could get there. And then, you know, we're, we're spreading the word right now. So um, also if anybody has contacts in the media or with other great uh, podcast hosts like you, uh, we would love to connect with them and, you know, look at opportunities for articles or interviews or things of that nature. And then, Also, if everybody could just go to our website, epochboats.com, we've got an update option. We send one email a month. We've got a wait list if anybody's interested in buying a boat and and check it out. And um, yeah, also just any interaction, you know, we're on Twitter, we're on um, Instagram, you know, look up at epochboats, interact with us. We love talking to potential customers or other people in the startup world. And um, yeah, those are the main things.
0: And then for my last question, you covered a little bit of this, but just to make sure we cover cover all the edges, if someone wants to reach out or learn more on the internet about what you're doing, how can they find you? How can they find your company? You have a website, social media, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, email. You know, How can someone reach out and learn more if they wanted to?
1: Yep. Epochboats.com is the best way. And like I said, if you sign up for the update list, we, we send one email a month. There's no spam to it. And it goes into pretty deep detail into what we've accomplished in the previous month and what we're going into in the next month. Uh, so that gives a, a nice insight into it um, on Twitter. We, we, we tend to do live updates on Twitter and on Instagram. So if you want to see pictures of, you know, me with my welding helmet on building prototype boats, Twitter is the place where that's going to be. So you can follow us um, and it's at epoch boats is our, is our Twitter handle.
0: Cool. And thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Matt. It's great to be here. Good time talking to you.